How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline from the Green Bay Press-Gazette, our buddy uh, Eric Branchek. And Eric, they're 2-0. and Their offense has looked pretty good. Uh, they've had a few drops, a couple of uh, hiccups here and there. But their defense, after giving up opening drives, if they could cure that problem, certainly maybe even changes a, a different dynamic for this team. But even the defense has been able to kind of put it together mid-portion of the game and allow the offense to uh, kind of put it away, so to speak. So give me your synopsis of this one yesterday. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's good to hear from you. Um, my overall synopsis is when you look at a coaching staff, <clears throat> Their ability to make adjustments on the fly in the game at halftime, et cetera, are signs of good coaching staffs that communicate well. And when you are watching this uh, this team, um, more, you know, go through the first quarter and they're down fourteen to three, uh, it's like holy smokes! How how are they going to come out of it? But they found a way to do it. And you know, I think that coaching staff has done a really great job. Um, at being able to make adjustments on the fly, and, and they're professionals, we, we know that. And um, you know, sometimes teams come out at the beginning of the game and have a little bit of success because they're throwing uh, plays out there or formations or they're breaking tendencies that they haven't seen before. So sometimes those things kind of catch you, and you got to be able to adjust. Uh, it sounds like they, you know, for the most part, it looks like the adjustments are being made. At what point do you get really serious and want to sit down with Aaron Jones and talk contract extension? Well, that's that. I'm, so, I'm kind of shocked that it didn't happen yet. <laughs> this to be right. completely honest with you, I don't know what else the guy needs to prove at this point. Um, I would say they need to hopefully get something done before the buy. I uh, what do you what would the price be? Do you think what would be if you're going to look at at uh, you're paying him per year, what would the price be? Well, you know, where's where's Camara fall in? You know, I, I'm not really 100 percent sure uh, where that right. number is, but I would say whatever that number is, it's probably that. I can't imagine being any lower. Um, you know, certainly always the agents can ask for more, right? But I I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the number It'd be somewhere. What kind of contract uh, uh, Camara just signed up? 
I uh, I'm looking. If you would go to him, I I think you could maybe get him for ten, eleven million. But I don't see. I don't know what the cutoff point is. Do you can, can you do it for nine million? Can you do it for ten million? What would the cutoff point be for the Green Bay Packers? I guess is the biggest question. You know. Well, the good thing for the Packers is they're fairly cash rich, as opposed to other teams that are not. So they can do get away with doing. Uh, you know, if you're a player, you want all your money. You know, at least guaranteed or upfront, right? So if they can do some sort of signing bonus that's big and then, you know, have, uh, you know, smaller yearly, I think it, it's the only thing that that does is it affects how the signing bonus is prorated. But I think you, you might be able to to talk with a gentleman and say, hey, listen, I'll give you this much up front, but this is how much you're going to get a year. I think that would, that's probably the angle that the Packers will take. And um, unfortunately, uh, the, you know, excuse me, the good thing is, the fortunate thing is, is that their cash rich uh, franchise for the time being. When uh, you look at Aaron Rodgers' performance, I know he said he went back to 2011, looked at a few things. Uh, the question becomes how – look, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is already, you know, after two games. It's two games into a short season. We're, we're talking 14 still left to go. But Aaron Rodgers is playing at a level that we haven't seen him play at maybe going back to 2011. Um, two questions. One, do you think he keeps this up? And two, if he does, is he an MVP candidate? Well, I think this, this sky is the limit at this point. I mean, there were, I counted four seriously bad drops yesterday, six probably, but four that no doubt, no question should have been caught. So we're, we're, how much, how much better is the numbers going to be if these guys start, stop dropping all the balls? And I realize Listen, you're trying to catch a ball. It's not the easiest thing to do in the world. I get that. <laughs> but really, when you're looking at that game, his numbers could have been so much better just for no fault of his own. I mean, he, you know, he put the ball in the right places. Um, I think the other part that you're seeing is a comfort level in the offense, what they're really trying to do, um, you know, being able to play through it. You can sit down in the room and talk about it, but you got to be able to see it. you got to be able to play it. Um, so they had last year to, 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 to go through it, the offseason to tuck a little bit, and then the preseason here uh, during camp to, to work out some bugs. And, boy, I tell you, they are firing. And, and I think the really great thing about what's going on is they're, they're not asking for the receivers to have to beat their guy in order to get open to make a play. The plays are ran and schemed so that they can get open and make a play. And I think they do a, a really awesome job of, of, of doing a lot of man-beater routes, um, kind of putting it in bunch formations and, and going off from there. So I think what, you know, it's a combination of a couple of things. It's a combination of, of the offense and familiarity with it. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers is, is still as accurate and as dangerous on his feet as ever. I uh, want to go – talking with Eric Branchick at the Green Bay Press Gazette. I want to go over to the defensive side of the football. Um, you lost Kenny Clark, at least for this particular game, and they moved Zedarius around. They moved the middle linebacking core around. They tried to supplement with different defenders. Rashawn Gary, a really solid game, I thought. He was disrupted four specific plays that I watched, uh, just specifically watched him, and I'm going to go back and rewatch it. But Rashawn Gary, for all the hype and all the talk between Zedarius and Preston Smith saying he was all over the field, he really was. He started to shine. He was all over the field yesterday. How impressed are you with him? Very impressed. Um, that was the – the big question mark coming into the season is, is, is this guy going to be able to make the necessary step? There are very few rookies that come into the league that are 
10, 12 plus sack guys. It just, it's, it's completely different coming from the college level. Now, if the skill set is there, that's what you're looking for. So you have a gentleman that um, probably was a little bit thicker than they wanted him to be at that position, and he was able to transform his body some. And now an off-season of going through um, the right type of training and understanding. You saw the progression with Gary last season. Um, but at the beginning of the season, the only thing you had was a bull rush. But by the San Francisco game, you saw counter moves and, you know, initial move counter. Then you would see him set up with a, with a, you know, set up his next pass rush. So you saw the, the, the makings of what hopefully will be a really great sophomore season of uh, being able to utilize his hands as well as just his feet and being able to run. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think he's on the path, and I think this is the year that he's, you know, hopefully uh, next year my guess will be he be, will be even better. But this year I think you're going to see what people uh, at the, the top end of the Packers brass personnel department were looking for, what they saw. Um, yeah, everybody wants immediate gratification, but unfortunately sometimes it's just not possible Talk with- in specific, uh, specific spots. Talking with Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette, uh, going back to the defense, the secondary. Yesterday, you hardly heard Jair Alexander's name. I mean, has this developed into one of the top three, maybe top five secondaries in all of football? We didn't hear much of, from King either, um, right? But I, what you did see from Jair Alexander, this is what makes him such a tremendous guy. Is not only can he cover you and knock the ball out of your hands and do all that, but he's going to come up and get you in the run game. He had a great tackle. Um, behind the line of scrimmage or right around the line of scrimmage on a, uh, on a swing pass that a lot of cornerbacks sometimes shy away from that and maybe they write them down or lasso them up and someone comes and smears them at the end. Um, but where, you know, he comes at you and so does King. They go after you. They're aggressive uh, in the run game. You know, to have those type of weapons on the perimeter, I think is, is, is rare. Um, and not only that, but then you have a guy that, uh, two guys, those two guys that are, if they're not shut down corners, they're pretty darn close. Um, and you got, I think Amos, uh, back there at the secondary spot, you saw Savage. I think he's starting to take some steps. Uh, you see him around the ball a little bit more. Um, I suspect they're going to start to use him a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage than they did last year. Um, and you know, the, the big question mark was Sullivan. And I think he answered it with a big way yesterday. He got burnt a little bit early, but I think he, he came back as a third, second down play on Amadola, plus, of course, the pick six. Pick six. Um, there's a guy out there that no one has really heard about, but Marin Scott. I think, you know, he showed up on the stat sheet yesterday with a kind of an easy, you know, gimme sack, but I think he's going to start, you know, start hearing his name a little bit. And Raven Green is back now. So, um, he got some snaps yesterday. So those are all boarding well for the secondary and they need, that secondary, not only to be good against the pass, but to come up and stuff the run. Um, even Josh Jackson got into the mix a little bit yesterday when you talk about the Packers and and, and when you said some snaps there. Um, Josh Jackson was a guy that had not seen it. I mean, it was only in on five snaps. But had it, They went right at him when he came in, and, and sure enough, he came up with a knockdown. Uh, and defending a pass from Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to say, well, that play will define him or anything, but at least when he comes in and gets called upon, he comes in and does some good things. It looks like his technique and his progress has at least uh, grown from where he was last season. Well, you're right. I mean, he had that nice play up the sideline there where he knocked that down, and that's, that's not an easy play, and he, and he was 
you know, what was his knock? He's not fast enough to cover that that specific play. And they went right at him with a nine route and uh, sent it up the sideline there. He was able to stay with it. Not only that, but, but knocked the ball down. That's that's good stuff. Those are all good progressional um, um, situations for each one of these guys. You know, Vernon Scott is one. There's Sullivan. You know, getting Raven Green back. Those are all really good signs that these guys are starting to, to kind of take off and, and become healthy and and start getting some reps that, that they can rely on them. Because if you're asking your secondary to come up and tackle, which, the, which Mike Pettin does, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have times where these guys are going to need, you know, that proverbial bell rung, going to go sit down and kind of get the cobwebs on. I mean, those things are going to happen, so you're going to need multiple players and to be deep at that position group, especially cornerback, as the season goes on. Good stuff as always, my friend, and we'll talk again uh, later in the week as we get ready for the uh, New Orleans Saints on Sunday Night Football, okay? Yeah, hey, boy, it's going to be fun to watch them tonight, isn't it? To be able, now, right. It's fun to be able to watch that game, knowing that this is who the Packers are going to play next, so I think this is this is going to be interesting to see. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, guys are going to have to – they can't drop the ball if they're going to be successful against the Saints. A little more added meeting coming up tonight, no doubt. Uh, appreciate it, as always, Eric. We'll talk to you soon. There you go. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. They've been doing it. 85, as a matter of fact. Call them, 844-PRIDE. Or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE. Or go to schneiderjobs.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.